Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. Having not golfed for 17 months, Tiger Woods is back and ready for the Masters. The Atlanta Braves begin their World Series title defense. Plus, where did it all go wrong for the Los Angeles Lakers? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The biggest stories heading into the 2022 Masters are the player who looks like he will be playing and one of the biggest names in golf history who isn't playing, which means my next guest is the perfect person to have on to help us preview all of this. Bob Herrig, longtime ESPN writer and now author of the book Tiger and Phil Golf's Most Fascinating Rivalry. Bob, what is your reaction now that we are just a few hours from Tiger Woods tea time? I will say that again, Tiger Woods tea time 14 <laughs> months after what looked like a catastrophic what was a catastrophic leg injury yeah it really defies belief i mean uh it, it's still hard to wrap your arms around the idea that tiger is playing in the masters and phil is not uh you know tiger i mean as recently as six weeks ago really was sort of downplaying the idea of his comeback even like talking like it was going to be a while you know, that his rehab wasn't going as fast as he hoped. He was impatient. You know, he was doing everything they were asking. Uh, but, but to be able to play tour golf was going to be a while. And now here we are. I mean, clearly he was trying to downplay things a little bit. I think he wanted to lower expectations. Maybe didn't want to get people's hopes up. Maybe not even his own. But the fact that he has put in the effort to get here is really quite remarkable. And now, you know, we're talking about a golf course that's one of the toughest walks in golf. I mean, it's we're not talking about just some, you know, any Parkland flat golf course <laughs> that might be easy, hard enough for him to deal with. You know, he's got to now deal with the undulating Augusta National, which is a tough walk even under the best of conditions. I understand that it was very different circumstances, but after the scandal, a little over a decade ago that that rocked Tiger Woods as a as a figure he made his return to tournament golf at Augusta so what why is it you think Tiger feels so safe at a place that number 1 is a diabolical test for players and number 2 as you mentioned is such a grueling physical uh journey why does he feel so comfortable there yeah, I mean, it's it was it was puzzling then. It's puzzling now. I mean, it's not the place you come back to without any amount of seasoning. You know, you 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 want to ease your way into it. You might want to play another tournament, chip off some of the rust. Uh, you know, just get used to being inside the ropes again. Back then, in two thousand and ten, it had been five months. Now it's been seventeen months. You know, uh, I, you know, he played with his son in December in that event, the exhibition, and there were spectators there and TV and, you know, so that gave him a little taste of it, but it's not the same as, as playing in a major championship with 30 or 40,000 people out there. And, uh, you know, obviously the difficult walk, all the shots count, unlike at the exhibition. So I just think, you know, he loves the place. It's clear that, that he really wanted to be here. This is the 25th anniversary of his first Masters win in 97. He, um, I don't think he plays any other event this week. In other words, he wasn't going to rush back to play a regular tour event this week. It's because it's the Masters that he made the effort. 
And, you know, he's won it five times. He's, he's contended, you know, six or seven other times, very comfortable. And let's be honest, you know, going forward, it'll be one of the places that he would have a chance to win still, you know, because he knows it so well. It is a nuanced golf course and experience means a lot. Thanks for making Locked On Today your first listen. Coming up, the defending World Series champions will go on without their captain that led them there. We dive into the Atlanta Braves' expectations for 2022 next. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Josh Allen's favorite target is staying in Buffalo for a while. The bill signs Stephon Diggs to a four-year extension worth $104 million with $70 million guaranteed. Diggs still had two years left on his current deal, which means the 28-year-old will be a bill through 2027. Diggs said in an Instagram post, There was so much work put in to get to this point, but I am beyond happy to know that I'll be playing the rest of my career with Bill's Mafia. Words cannot describe how I'm feeling right now. Words cannot describe how scared tables in Buffalo are right now as well, as celebration is no doubt underway. Philadelphia 76ers guard Matisse Thibel has been ruled ineligible to play in Thursday's game in Toronto. Thibel, who has not publicly commented on his vaccination status with COVID-19, may also be ineligible for any postseason games in the Raptors arena. As of right now, the Eastern Conference standings as the Sixers matched up with the Raptors in the first round. Both the Bucks and the Heat have confirmed their players are fully vaccinated, while Philly and Boston have declined comment. This would leave a major void in the Sixers' defense that, outside of Thibel and Joel Embiid, has been suspect at times. Philly can avoid this awkward first-round scenario if they win their final three games of the season. Or, of course, if Matisse Thibel got the vaccine. On the brink of being eliminated from the playoffs, the Detroit Red Wings got a win to survive one more day. 24 hours after breaking their losing streak to Boston here at Little Caesars Arena, the Detroit Red Wings go on the road to Winnipeg and beat the Jets 3-1. to uh, Thomas Grice having himself a fantastic game. He needed that one. It's been quite some time since he's gotten a win on the road. Made 32 saves on 33, 33 shot attempts. Dylan Larkin having himself quite a game. Had two assists in this game. Uh, brings himself above a point per game by just one point. He's on pace to just shatter his career high. And then, of course, Sam Gagne. Career point number 500 on that shorthanded goal thanks to the individual effort from the captain. And then he got the empty netter at the end for point number 501. And then Michael Rasmussen. Last but not least, he's been on a bit of a tear. He got himself another goal tonight, goals in back-to-back games. And it may be opening day for baseball, but not for the Red Sox and Yankees. I would love to say good morning, but Wednesday morning came with bad news as the Red Sox announced their opening day game against the Yankees officially has been postponed. Hey, it's Lauren from Locked On Red Sox, and there's inclement weather in the New York area. There's nothing you can do. So the Red Sox and Yankees made the call to postpone their Thursday opening day game until Friday afternoon at 1.05. Nate Ovaldi, Garrett Cole, still going to be a really fun game, still going to be very excited. We made it through a 99-day lockout. What is one more day, right? Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your daily gambling needs. It's opening day. So let's look at the pennant favorites to win in each league. BetOnline likes the Blue Jays to take home the AL pennant with 15-4 odds. The next four teams by odds, White Sox at 21-4, Astros 23-4, 
Yankees 13 to 2 and Rays 27 to 4. The NL favorite is you guessed it, the LA Dodgers. Bet Online has their odds currently at 5 to 2 to win the NL pennant. The rest of the top 5 looks like this. Braves 23 to 4, Brewers 6 to 1, Mets 6 to 1, Padres 9 to 1. Bet Online where the game starts. Here is another story you need to know. Baseball is finally back after an offseason where it was touch and go there for a little while on when the season was going to start, if we were even going to have a season. But opening day is finally here. The LA Dodgers, the prohibitive favorite, they are shorter than five to one on Bet Online right now to win, better than the defending champs. Joining me now from Locked On Braves. Jake Mastriani and Jake, I'll ask you this. Why? Why are the Braves not the favorite? They're just not a national media darling, Peter. I mean, it's every year now for the past four or five years. They just don't like the Braves, and we are perfectly fine with that. (laughs) Keep sleeping on the Atlanta Braves. Please keep doing so. One of the reasons, of course, that the Dodgers are the favorite is they have an incredible roster that they put together that they've once again added to with big names this off season. In all, in all seriousness, how how close do you think these two teams are in reality? If it if it does come come down to let's say a seven game series next October, look, Peter. Two years ago, the Braves were up three one in the NLCS on the Dodgers. Last year, they beat the Dodgers four games to two in the NLCS. Last year's Dodgers team was just as good as this Dodgers team. They're always great on paper, but you got to play the game on the field. And I feel like the Braves are better on paper this year than the team that just won the World Series. So there's no doubt in my mind this Braves team can beat the L.A. Dodgers. I get it. That lineup looks outstanding, Mm -hmm. but they can be beat, you know, I'm not here to really rant on the Dodgers, but I think the Braves pitching staff as a whole is better. So you're telling me, can the Braves beat them? Yeah, why not? They almost did it two years ago. They did it last year. Obviously, they can compete with that star-studded group. Yeah, the, the answer to why why they're close is because the Braves just beat them. I think that's a pretty compelling argument that that you made, and, and, <laughs> yeah. and I appreciate that. Uh, as we look around the National League in particular, the the Brewers we expect to be to be good once again. The Mets are the team that I think is is hoping to make this kind of jump. As someone who's going to see the Mets a lot this season, where do you put their chances to make the leap that they're hoping to make under new ownership? Yeah, the Mets did a great job in the offseason. You got to give them credit. You know, as far as improving a team from year to year, I think they made the most improvement. Is it enough to put them over the Braves? You know, we'll have to see. I think a lot of that depends on the health of there are two guys at the top of the starting rotation in Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer who are already, you know, looking to be a little banged up going into the season. You know, as a Mets fan, I think you'd rather have them banged up now than at the end of the year. But still, <laughs> yes. you know, that's going to be a big question for them throughout the season. But I, I do love the moves that they made. I think they'll be a, a serious contender. I think it does come down to the Braves and the Mets in that NL East division. Obviously, I do like the Braves a little bit more because of their their depth in the rotation, their depth in the bullpen, which should be one of the best bullpens in baseball. You know, they could have seven or eight guys hit 20 or more home runs in the in the Braves lineup. So I do think it comes down to those two teams. I think the Mets made some 
great moves. Again, I think a lot will just depend on the health of DeGrom and Scherzer. Coming up, despite having a roster full of recognizable names, the Los Angeles Lakers were eliminated from the postseason on Tuesday. Where did it all go wrong? Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And if you haven't tried the Built Puffs yet, what are you waiting for? It is protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. It's not just a protein bar. It's a treat. And it's covered in 100% chocolate. 100% chocolate. And yet, check the macros. Low in, low in fat, low in calorie, high in fiber, high in protein, low in net carb. And they taste delicious. They are the goods. Check them out for yourself. Do yourself a favor and check them out. Really, I'm telling you. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off. Promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of the best tasting protein bar ever. The protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. The protein bar that I had for a snack today. I have them almost every day. They're delicious. Go to Built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the day. The LA Lakers season, much like LeBron James the other night, leaving early. They will not be making a run into the postseason after all of the hype with Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, and LeBron James coming into the season. LeBron, we will, in fact, keep that same energy at this point in the season, if you remember the tweet from before the year. Joining me now from Locked On Lakers, Andy Kamenetsky. And, and Andy, this is one of those bizarre situations where, in, in a way, everything went wrong, but also in a way... Everything went as a lot of people predicted it would. Well, it's interesting. There were a lot of skeptics about how Russell Westbrook would fit with LeBron and AD because Russ is not an easy guy to fit, period. I've described Russ before as the least blendable player in the NBA. Mm -hmm. And even if you believe in his upside of what he can do for a team, and certainly there are things Russ brings to the table, he's not at the level that he was when he was an MVP. And either way, it's not easy. And then the moves that they had to make to acquire Russ in the first place and then some of the economic moves they didn't make by virtue of making that trade made it so the Lakers, if they were going to reach their potential, it was still going to be complicated. That's why there were a lot of skeptics. That said, the amount of injuries that they had, you know, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Kendrick Nunn literally not playing a regular season game, these are all factors that made it worse that nobody could have anticipated on this level, which means there are a lot of explanations for why this season was such an utter disaster, and there's truth to all of them. It also complicates what comes next, right? Because you have to decide if you're the Lakers organization, and it might not be Rob Palenka, by the way. That's not a lock that that he's going to be back making these decisions, is was this experiment doomed to start from the beginning or did it along the way? Was there some sort of other failure that you can point to to say, okay, if this had gone differently or if these, and usually it's these five things go differently, then we would have been okay. What is your answer to, to that question? I mean, it depends on what you plan to do if you think it could have been okay. Like if you are <laughs> right. Rob, I mean, if you're Rob Belinka, for example, and you think that you can actually find shooters and three and D wings and uh, a big man that, you know, not Anthony Davis, but like a big man that isn't well past his prime, like Dwight Howard or DeAndre Jordan that can actually 
play reasonable minutes and you can put out in the court without hurting anything. Sure. I mean, I think that lineup could work with Russell Westbrook. I don't know how you're going to do it though. And the, the Lakers have very little flexibility to try to do whatever they're going to do because the majority of their roster, it's guys on one-year deals and a lot of veterans minimum guys. There's going to be a fair amount of turnover. If you're looking to move Russ, they don't have a lot in the way of assets to serve as a sweetener. You know, they, they gave up a lot of that capital to acquire Russ in the first place. So if it went sideways, it was always going to be complicated to try to unwind it. And then you also have to consider what is worth doing. You know, how, how good do you still think LeBron and AD as your foundation can be? But also, just as importantly, how often do you think they're going to be on the court? How often do you think they'll actually be playing together so you can build something off it? And, and that's, frankly, a big concern I have with all of this, you know, regardless of the different, I guess, avenues that they pursue to try to have a better team next year. And finally, Terrell Owens is making a re-entry into professional football. At 48 years old, he has joined the Zappers of the fan-controlled football league, where his quarterback will be Johnny Manziel. I did not make this up. Owens told ESPN, if it's Johnny football, it doesn't matter if it's Pee Wee Herman. As long as they throw the ball where it needs to be and put it in my catch radius, I'm going to do my best to make some stuff happen with it. T.O. last played with the Cincinnati Bengals in 2010 and never actually officially announced his retirement. I say, get your popcorn ready. Thanks for making Locked On today your first listen. For your second listen, download Locked On Bets. All the gambling advice you need in about 20 minutes. Coming up Friday, baseball is back. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.